As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay. I'm fat and happy now. Hi, everybody, and uh, welcome back to another episode of Father Knows Something. I've been uh, gone for three weeks. and Quite I, some time. And I'm here with my daughter, Miss Morgan, who I have missed desperately while I've been gone. Uh, but I'm glad to be home. Yeah. So... Uh, I know that they missed one episode when I was gone the first week, and we've had a few other ones, but you are staying on top of it, making sure that everyone is happy as they're going to be awake at 12.01 looking for this episode, and we're here to do it for you. Yes. So this week is all about friends, friendship. And, and it's the Thanksgiving week coming up. Mm, yeah. Thanksgiving will be Thursday, I believe. Yeah. And I love when I was away that, um, you know, I mean, I was... I don't know, what was it, 12 hours ahead, something like some You crazy, were on a totally different time zone. Some crazy numbers ahead. So when it was morning, and uh, I could see it was at 12 o'clock um, LA time, and people were, were busy going at it and commenting that we're, they were glad you were here. And I would spit back at them saying it was just, or comment back saying it was just great to see that they're up looking for it, and I'm glad that they're enjoying it. So thanks for letting me in your home. And... Um, and you're alive. I appreciate it too, because I love that you guys are out there. Okay, okay let's, let's get go. into it. Hi, Jerry. Three years ago, I moved to a new province for school. As I finished up, I decided I wanted to stay here because I love this place so much. That being said, I am having a hard time making friends. I have made a few here and there, but either they moved back home or they have other groups of friends or it is a very surface level friendship. What makes this even harder is that in my home province, I have such an amazing group of people. I have a tight group of friends in my hometown and we used to do so many fun things together. On top of that, I have a great family with family friends as well that I would see almost every weekend. I haven't found that group of people here yet, and I really miss it. I have a significant other who is the best, but I don't want a life where he is the only person I hang out with. I love having our separate lives together, and I think that's what makes a relationship healthy as well. I don't know what to do to find a group of friends, and it honestly makes me miss my hometown so much. 
Sometimes I feel like I'm having to decide between the place that I love and the people that I love. Any advice for what I can do to find these people and make some new friends would be great. This feels very scattered and a lot of parts to it, so feel free to ask any questions. If there are things that you enjoy to do and hobbies that you had, you have to go back to find those hobbies where they are to see if you can reach out and meet new people in those places. I, I take it she hasn't found a job yet. And no mention of work, right, but uh, originally moved for school. So maybe it's a break or something. I'm not sure. So we, I don't have enough facts really to tell her how to go do it. I mean, obviously, I have moved to other towns. And when I moved, I always moved for work. And as I was in that environment, at in those towns and meeting people in uh, my work environment, that's where I began my friend's environment. I know that my the best friend that I've had, one of my longest friends I've had in my life right now, uh, I met by going to a different town. And his brother I knew from, uh, from being in Los Angeles. He was in medical school and he was a part of fraternity. And he was a friend of my roommate at the time. And he said, you know, go meet, you know, Bob's brother. And I said, well, I'm not really that into Bob. I don't even know why I want to meet his brother. And he goes, no, no, they're total opposites. You guys are going to love each other. You're going to be great friends. And my roommate was 100% right. I met this guy and instantly we became best friends and through his, through his friends and we started a whole network. And I said, I would probably think one of the, the best parts that connected me was that friendship. And it, it goes today. It changed my life. So I think when you get involved in places or things or, or hobbies that you're going to facilitate uh, meeting people, you're going to be able to start your own friendships and it will open up. You just have to give yourself, you know, cut yourself a little slack until you meet the, you find that environment. I don't know if it's going to be in the artist world. It might just be in your job world. It might just be hanging out and finding something new that goes on in that town that's indigenous to it. So it's getting out there. It's, it's not, I, it's not locking yourself in your room. I will tell you that it's going to be getting out. Yeah. And, uh, creating new friendships is hard, especially depending on what age you are. I feel like when the closer to 30 you get, the harder it is, mm -hmm. but there's some amazing apps nowadays like Bumble BFF. I know people have had a really, really good time, you know, making new friends on that. And there's also like on TikTok, I've seen a bunch of girls be like, Hey, I live in Denver, Colorado. And I'm looking for new friends. I just moved here. Hi. So like, honestly, search like friends, Denver, or like whatever province you live in. Um, friends, Manitoba. We're friends, Winnipeg, Manitoba on TikTok. And Facebook groups are a great place. Uh, like volunteering. If you are into animals, you want to go volunteer at an animal shelter, you'll probably make friends with like-minded people. Absolutely. So it's kind of like what you said. Like, what are you interested in? and find ways that you can get involved with what you're interested in. And if you and if you feel that you're not interested or you don't have that interest, reach in to look in the community what's going on and see if any of those community efforts or whatever is there is going on, you may want to take a new stab at. You may decide ceramic class, glass blowing. There's, you know, there's classes that sometimes at the at the community college level that you can do stuff. You will find ways of meeting people, salsa dancing uh, in the evening. There's, there's ways of getting out there. 
But you, again, you have to get out there. You have to open your horizons to allow other things to come in. And I think you're absolutely 100% correct. Don't focus yourself around your boyfriend. Focus yourself around your, you know, meeting your own network and building your life within that network. And then he's he's there and you guys, ha- guys have your life, but you also have your own existence. It's healthier. Yeah, I think there's amazing. The class thing is a great, great idea. I actually have a friend who was like taking a class once a week just to like branch out, mm-hmm. part like participate in new hobbies they were interested in, all this stuff. And they did rug making. They like tufted a rug, pottery, art, playwriting, screenplay writing, acting, acting, comedy classes. I mean, everything. And they met a lot of really cool people. I mean, I myself like really want to take a sewing class. And so that's something I'm going to look into. And I really want to do pottery. Like just find something you're like a little peaked by. You don't have to love it. Just you could try it and Mm -hmm. you never know. Try different different things. Yeah, exactly. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, let's roll on. I like the way to roll on. Mm. First, just want to say I absolutely love listening in on all the advice you give others. I always get excited when a new episode comes out. Also, sorry for how long and ridiculous this is going to sound. I just wanted to give as much detail and background as I could. Anyways, I am a 23-year-old female working full-time in an engineering field. At 18, I was so excited to go to college. I fell in love with the campus, found my roommate through a Facebook group, and had this whole vision of how great everything would be. I'd finally be away from home and get to start my life. But honestly, it sucked at first. My roommate and I got along fine, but she met a guy during her new student orientation, and she was always with him. I hung out with some guys I knew from class, but felt so alone. I called my mom crying, always so homesick. But then I joined a sorority. And no, not a mean group full of blonde, skinny bitches type of sorority, but a group of women who truly were passionate about sisterhood and making a difference in ourselves and others. I made some good friends. Once I started my sophomore year, things got better in that aspect and college flew by. Things got rocky towards the end of my senior year with my roommate, who at the time was my best friend. She saved me from some really dark times between the end of sophomore year and beginning of senior year, including my dad abandoning me for good, my grandma dying, and struggling seriously with my mental health. She encouraged me to go to therapy and try medication. She was getting ready to move across the country for her job, four hours minimum away from her boyfriend and friends. I knew she was struggling and tried not to let it bug me, 
but she pretty much cut me off with no explanation by the last week we were on campus. I ran into her friends, ones I'm not a fan of, at a bar, and I said hey to them, asking if my roommate came with them. And they giggled to each other, and one said, Did you hear something? I don't think I heard anything. It felt very immature and hurt me, but I was drinking and didn't want to start anything, so I rolled my eyes and let it go. I graduated, partied with friends, went home to family, and left it all at that. I had about six weeks before starting my job and had to get ready for moving. I was so excited for moving out, too. It was only about 45 minutes from home, and while it wasn't as far as I wanted, I took the job because it was a great company and I was far enough away. Plus, I remembered being homesick, and it would be easier to visit home this way. But again, I had this whole vision that I was going to take on the world, feel like I was on my own, living my best life with my dog to keep me company. That was ruined almost immediately. I woke up one morning a week after graduation, severely overheated, and had a seizure. No seizure history in my family whatsoever. From what I know, they don't immediately put you on anticonvulsants after just one seizure, but my CT scan showed shrinkage on one side of my brain. I was placed on medication about three weeks later when I had my follow-up. I didn't want to since I didn't have any seizure activity or symptoms during those three weeks. I even went on vacation to Florida and spent some days in the sun. However, my doctor insisted I take them anyways, so I did. After going back and forth between specialists, They've determined the dehydration probably triggered the first seizure, but with the shrinkage on my brain and the fact taking anticonvulsants makes you dependent on them, I just have a generalized seizure disorder and will have to take those drugs for life. I also struggle with anxiety and depression still, but all the drugs together make me fatigued and I have mood swings. I found a combination that works well enough and I'm about as good as I'm going to get right now. I was still able to start my job and move into my apartment as planned, but I was home after five months because I was so anxious and lonely. My commute was super long, so my mom and I moved into a new home closer to all of our jobs about three months ago with her boyfriend and his daughter, age 14. I thought that would help, but my closest friends are still so far away, and the ones that are closest have schedules that make it so hard to schedule with. I've been seizure-free for about seven months, and while I understand I did what was best for me and my health, I feel disappointed in myself for moving back in with my mom. I'm not technically independent anymore, while none of my coworkers my age can relate. All of my friends are in long-term relationships, are getting married, and are building their lives. I feel behind. I feel like I keep getting so close to my dreams, then get pushed back. I know it isn't true. For fuck's sake, I was the very first person in my family to go graduate college and work in a field and at a company I love. I know not to compare myself to others and their lifetimes, but I still do. I've had no long-term relationship, just situationships, if anything. I still struggle with not having a dad in my life anymore. If he can't love me, how could any man? Overall, I'm just really struggling and could use some life advice on making friends slash maintaining friendships, feeling comfortable with myself and my timeline, and also how to potentially find love, anything. I just feel very lost and confused and would love some fatherly advice. Ideal outcome, just being able to be confident with myself and my life choices, maybe finding love or more friends. 
and being able to enjoy my 20s more than I am right now. Honestly, I just want to be genuinely happy. Wow. Okay, so you know, you you you've certainly have a high expectation of yourself and what things that should work on a timely fashion. And life doesn't always work that way. So I think you have to cut yourself some slack. Focus on the things that are working for you, which is number one, work. I didn't hear that you like to go work out at all. And I don't know if it is a part of your life or not, but if you do some exercising and make going to the gym part of your life, endorphins sometimes help you mentally and start stimulating the dopamine that you'll get naturally might help you as well. Because I understand the cocktails. I've, I've had friends that, you know, un, you know, unfortunately, that's their life. They have to find the right cocktail to keep themselves balanced mentally with their drugs or their, their prescriptives to help them focus in life. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it is part of the, it's part of their story. But if that being said, if you do work in some uh, exercise regimen at a club, you might find that as a place to meet friends and also to help create those natural uh, chemistries in, in your body that your brain will release to help you start functioning and dealing with a lot of this stuff. Um, reliance being at home or on your own, or that's a mental thing that, that only you can answer. Um, you know, you're, you're in your twenties, you're, you're young, you're just in the workforce. I moved out when I was 17. I was living back at home when I was 21 to about 23 before I moved out again. Um, I didn't have any uh, pressure on it one way or the other, and I didn't feel any pressure on it one way or the other that I didn't have my own life. It just was convenient and worked out, and that's just the way it was. Morgan went to school. She lived on her own. She did her thing. She came to California. We lived together. It's not an issue. I mean, I don't think she feels any more reliancy on me than I feel upon on her. I mean, we're, we're family, and we, we, we depend on each other. Not that we need each other that way, but we certainly enjoy it. I've been gone for three weeks. I've missed the shit out of her. I miss the, the shit out of my other kids who I don't get to live with and I don't get to visit you know, timely and you know, consistently. That all said, I think you just have to cut yourself some slack and enjoy your job, enjoy growing in your professional world. And I believe that's going to help answer all your other uh, factors in life, meeting somebody, meeting new friends, uh, and growing because I have friends all over the country because I moved around and I started different lives and I may not have met them instantly, but you know, slowly but surely you meet one person, they, they connect you with a few people and your your it broadens. And then you'll find the ones that you can depend upon that really are your friends and the ones that are just acquaintances in your life. My first response is, cut yourself some slack. You got, you're giving yourself a lot of, of pressure to, to, to find these answers to find your happiness. Your happiness will, will show up. But I, I think the one thing that you can do to assist in it is hobbies and work and and going to a gym, exercising, finding a place you like to hang out 
or a group you like to hang out to to get some cardio and um I wouldn't even say cardio. I think I I fully agree you should move your body in some mm-hmm. way. Um but cardio isn't necessarily the best way to maybe, improve. Maybe I'm using the wrong word, Morgan. Well, I just think that No, I I I I'm going to just highlight um yoga mm-hmm. especially for seizure disorders or disorders like MS. A lot of chronic conditions really benefit from g- deep joint stimulation. Mm-hmm. It calms your nervous system. It does the same benefits in terms of uh, neurotransmitters and releasing endorphins. I think anything in the pool would be amazing. Yoga, like I said, Pilates is a great one, especially if you can get on a megaformer, but there's also ground level. I think all that's great. Pilates, bar classes, there's rowing classes. Honestly, the best recommendation I can make for anyone that's looking for a fun way to move their body mm-hmm. and doesn't know where to start is an app called ClassPass. And I'll post a link in the description for the episode. It's something I personally use. And there's a couple other ones that I've talked about on my podcast, like Allo Moves has a free 30-day subscription. I'll post the link for that. And they have classes on everything, everything, even mindfulness, because I think When you have a new chronic condition and you also are struggling with mental health, something that is going to combine all of those worlds, Mm -hmm. working out and the mental health aspect, is practicing mindfulness. But if you've never done it, you've never tried meditation, you've never tried any mindfulness-based activity. Then you have no idea what it is. How the hell do I do it? Is it meditation? You sit there in a room and stare at a wall for 10 minutes? Mm -hmm. Because I'm going to be honest, that's what I thought it was before I really practiced. So um, there's amazing, amazing classes on those apps and they offer everything. And for those of you that are looking to make friends, like that's Alejandra's number one way to make friends is like going and working out and she makes friends with people mm-hmm. that are in these classes with her. So I think it's a great, great way to make friends. But I do really agree. I think you need to cut yourself some slack. You're 23. Like I'm about to be 29, still living at home, dating no one's going to care that you live at home in t- at 23. Like, I think our generation, the millennials and Gen Z and the one after Gen Z, I think it's going to be very common to live at home with your parents longer. Mm-hmm. We are in very different financial situations than our boomer parents. So I don't see that being an issue or a barrier for dating. So I, I can't see it as one. No, and don't compare yourself. Like, I think... This obviously isn't the case for everyone, but like I have friends that got married right out of college and are already divorced and they say they regret proceeding that path. Mm -hmm. And that's not the case for everyone. Some people get married right away and stay together, Mm -hmm. but don't compare because they might be not happy. That is the best. That is the best number one advice. Do not compare yourself to the next person. Yeah. And you recognize it. I mean, you say, and for all of us, it's one of those things that's easier said than done. But I would really just give yourself some grace. And if you're not already working with a therapist, I think some regular monthly check-ins might be amazing. I know you mentioned having a dog. Um, I'm not sure if your dog could be trained as a seizure alert dog, but maybe a service animal in the future would be great for you. 
to make you feel more independent with your, you know, your seizures. I know you're seven months seizure free, but I think a, a trained service animal would be amazing because you will live on your own. I have an uncle with epilepsy, has a seizure disorder, and mm -hmm. he is the most independent dude ever. So you'll have a full, happy, complete life. Just give yourself some grace. I agree. Look at everything you accomplished. You're 23, have an engineering degree, an amazing job. And I think something that I was thinking of that I haven't talked about is in OT, we have this uh, this framework we use to look at you know our patients, our clients' lives, and it's called the Kawa model. And it's an amazing holistic model that I use as an activity with my my patients or my clients. And it it gives people this perspective to look at their life. So what I do is we draw a river. And in your river, you might have rocks. And these rocks are barriers. They prevent your water from flowing smoothly. But also in this river, you have driftwood. And these are things that help you stay afloat in the water when there's a tough current. So obviously for you, a rock might be your chronic illness. But your driftwood, your support, you have amazing family support. Like the fact you are able to live with your mom might feel like a, Ugh, I'm not as independent, but not everyone with a chronic illness could say that. Not everyone would get that family support. Mm -hmm. And so I think taking the time to maybe draw your own Kawa model would be an amazing way to put things into perspective, uh, put, you know, everything out in front of you, areas you might want to work on. I know for me, when I drew mine, my anxiety and depression were a boulder. Um, and so it, it really just does help process through things and seeing what areas in your life you might want to change. Isn't she great? Isn't, it's amazing what your education has done for you and your profession. Yeah, I know. I, ugh, I need to get back into it a little bit. But right. I really, I don't know. I want to take on private clients. Do okay. something. But you got this. Don't stress. You will make friends. It is just a matter of time. And you did the most important thing first, which is focusing on your health. And the rest will come. And far as your father and that. Oh, yeah. That's a big, a big part. You know, it's, uh, it's his loss. You know, whatever his deal is and his head trip, you can't control somebody else's head trip. And I'm glad you have your mom. And and it's just about you recognizing it's, it's not you, whatever his issue is. That's him. That's all on him. So that's all I can say on that one. I mean, that 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 part I, I can comment. Yeah. And I think that's another area therapy will really be able to help you. Uh, and it is tough. I, I think, you know, I don't have a great relationship with my bio dad. It's definitely better than it was. But it's not solid. And I think I think that fear of abandonment or I don't know, it's really interesting to pinpoint, but it it definitely did impact some of my early romantic relationships. But I think therapy would be a great place to start with that and really address it. But yeah, it's not it's not yeah. you, it's him. It's him. I mean, I, I I was seeing somebody that had definitely had issues with relationship that she had with her father and he's dead and that will never be able to change but it certainly caused disruption in in her mind processing and the way that she dealt with things and it, don't let it don't let it do it to you 
step away from that. Don't own it. It's that's his ownership. Yeah. Well, and I think too, it's like, is anyone going to love me? If my dad can't love me, is any man going to be able to love me? It's like, does your mom love you? Do your friends love you? And there will be a man that will love you. Yeah. You're not unlovable. You are clearly very, very loved. So it's just one person that just isn't worth a second thought if he is mistreated you and hasn't made himself a part of your life. That's a dad's job. It's not on the kids. So, mm-hmm. so uh, again, just stay strong in yourself and go function in your life, build your life, and you'll be fine. People will recognize your own strength and they're going to be attracted to that. For sure. Okay. Keep us posted. I agree. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Moving along. Okay. Hi there. I love listening to your show and Two Hot Takes. I feel smarter every time I listen. (laughs) Haha. I'm writing because I need advice on socializing better. I'm a 19-year-old female who recently finished my freshman year of community college. During the summer after high school last year, I reflected on my social life and I decided I wanted to make new friends outside of my childhood circle. I downloaded Bumble BFF to do this and met an amazing friend who shares a lot of my interests, such as roller skating, miniature stuff, and crafting. When we hang out, I have fun, and we've known each other for almost a year now. But there is still one issue. Awkward silence. At first, I expected this when we hung out the first few times. But now, almost a year later, there are still tons of moments when we hang out where I run out of things to talk about and we just sit there in uncomfortable silence. I just don't know how to keep conversation with someone who I haven't known since we were young kids. It doesn't help that I've also always been that kid who was quiet and overlooked. I've always been super caring with others, but never received the same effort back. Others would befriend me quickly to get something out of me without caring about who I am or maintaining a real friendship. I feel socially incompetent outside of my comfortable high school friend circle, and I don't want this to stop me from socializing in the future. Do you have any advice on how to form friendships as an adult when you've always been quiet and maybe manipulated? Ideal outcome? My ideal outcome would be learning some new social skills and keep conversations running and put myself out there more. When I get to a part where there's awkward silence with somebody, um... Sometimes it one avenue is to, if you're friends, you can even say, awkward silence. What's going <laughs> on with us? And see if you guys can just, you know, just 
you know, figure out what happened in your brains that caused the awkward silence and maybe, you know, hit that, that wall straight on and see if you can knock it down and, and build some strength because of it. Um, you know, some people that are natural conversationalists can come up with something totally out of the blue in another place and have that ability of opening that door and getting beyond it. Awkward silence is something that happens with people. And typically it's something that you both feel like you've run out of, out of somewhere to discuss that if you guys headed on, you might be able to open up that door and unlock it and go forward. Don't be afraid of it. Hit the wall and see if you can tear it down. And also, you, you, it might be just that you guys are good friends, but there is some places where you're amiss and you need other friends to see if, you know, to build more, uh, just more, imp, more informational base in your life that you can share and talk about. So it's a combination of a couple things. Yeah, I, I think it's also one of those things that comes with practice. Like mm -hmm. it's it's not easy talking to strangers. Um, I sometimes say really dumb stuff or ask a question that's already been answered. Like you fumble, you, you fumble. And I think it is something that takes practice just like anything. So I would put yourself in situations where you can have conversations with people. Like make it like a dating thing almost like use Bumble BFF and try to make more friends, mm -hmm. go on those first friend dates and grab coffee with people and just talk and you will get better. Also, I was just looking out of curiosity because a uh, website I've been thinking about during all this is Skillshare and Skillshare has like classes in like everything. Like they, like their categories are uh, create. So there's like animation, creative writing, film, video, fine art, graphic design, music, photography. And then there's also lifestyle and productivity and just a bunch of other stuff. So I was like, I wonder if they have classes on conversation skills. Well, everything in there will, will bring new conversation. Even if you go outside your boundary with your friends and say, you know, let's go try. Have you ever thought about trying to do a class in photography you ever thought about doing a class in there and then you, that will open up a dialogue with with unlocking that 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 brick wall that just went up or that door that's not opening of of, of that silence period you know but just don't put too much uh emphasis in in this friendship to 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 have things being forced rather than naturally and I think when you when you make new friends, you will also come up with new conversation. You'll broaden your informational base, and that's going to help you with with all of this. Yeah, and there are I mean, there's amazing classes on here. There's one guy, conversation skills: how to have a great conversation with virtually anyone. And he's got almost eight eighteen thousand students that have mm -hmm. tried it. So there's a bunch of stuff, but I think mostly it's putting yourself out there and. You know, you feel like you've been manipulated by people in the past. And I think that just kind of says like those those aren't your people mm -hmm. and you move past them. You know, there's friends that I was friends with and I thought they would be in my wedding one day. And turns out they were not even in your life, not in my life anymore. And they were a manipulative social climber mm -hmm. that literally used me to get closer to other people that would, you know, elevate her status. So, um there are people like that out there, but there's also amazing, kind people. And it's just 
giving yourself the opportunity to find them. And the fact that you've already used Bumble BFF and found a great friend off of it, I mean, speaks to how it can work. Mm -hmm. So just keep giving yourself opportunities. And also to going to take classes in other, in other interests is going to expand your horizons and you're going to meet people in those classes and you may find some things you love to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's great for, you know, that's a, one of the most positive self-development and, and enlightenment uh, scenarios to go do or exercises to go do. Yeah, well, and I think you'll also, you'll learn. You'll learn so much more. And yeah. like by giving yourself these opportunities, I kind of realized this recently. It's like, especially with working so much mm -hmm. and not getting out there. Like I, I truly have kind of been very secluded and like a little bit of a recluse because all I do is work. And when we went to Iceland and London, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I'm seeing people, I'm interacting with people, I'm out in the real world, having these experiences like, wow, I actually have something to talk about now. Mm -hmm. Whereas before I wasn't really putting myself out there. You never had the experience. I didn't have shit to talk about. I'm like, even on the podcast, like trying to like relate personal stories to the Reddit things we read or even, mm -hmm. you know, this, like I hadn't been experiencing life. And if you're not experiencing life, you're going to run out of things to this, talk about. This conversation goes for all of you out there. For, yeah. for every story that we have done, going on and in, in increasing your mind by doing other things that you not normally would do in your comfort zone is going to develop you to be so far broader in your base. So don't hesitate to go out and self-educate yourself in different things you never thought you would ever want to do. Because these experiences, some you might just say, been there, done that, tried it, over. <laughs> yeah, done. But you're going to find some stuff out there that's really going to change your life. I mean, I've done stuff in my life that I never thought I would ever do. And it's opened up all new branches in that tree of life to allow me to do things I'd never, ever thought. And I've created things in my life to, as far as work, work directions and all kinds of stuff and friends by doing it. So to fulfill your life and to really get it to the broadest that it can be, don't be afraid to experiment with new experiences and things that are out there. Try them all because you will uh, get yourself more robust, more, more, you know, worldly and, and round it out. Yeah. Um, also like Eventbrite is another fun one. Like I've seen Eventbrite have, like hikes in the mm -hmm. area. Um, there's a bunch of different websites. So I will, I'll try to share a bunch of different websites and places that anyone can go to, to find things you're interested in and put yourself out there. You're going to find talents that you have that you had no idea you had these talents. Yeah. And it's going to open up all new things for you. So I tell all of you, explore, 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 explore. Yeah, definitely. All right. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. One last one, and then we're going to Patreon. Okay. Address it or leave it alone. I'm 26 years old. I've had a best friend, A, since we were about 12 years old. We've gone through some serious trauma together, but also all of the other normal life stuff. We've definitely drifted apart a bit over the past few years, just due to life, work, school, both of us being in relationships, etc., We don't talk daily, weekly, or even monthly, but we'll send each other memes if it reminds us of the other and try to reconnect slash grab lunch quarterly-ish. A is in the military and has been with his now wife for about five or six years. Five years ago, he got deployed, so he had a deployment party. I got very drunk and very emotional and started crying, saying I was afraid to lose him, etc., I've been doing pretty good. This was stemming from the, at that time, recent losses we had just gone through together. His wife, then girlfriend, got upset and visibly made a show to get up and leave the group. She hasn't liked me since, and I haven't seen her since. Now to the issue. A proposed last year, and I knew he was planning on it. Although I was never convinced they're the best match, as long as he's happy, I'm happy. They ended up getting legally married at the town hall a few months back, which he told me recently. That didn't bother me. This weekend, I was scrolling on Facebook and noticed someone I didn't know had tagged A in a picture, and they were clearly at an event. I liked the picture and kept scrolling. Then I see A's mom had put a picture of A in his tux, and his wife in her gown. I was and am pretty hurt. I'm 100% for inviting slash not inviting whoever you want to your wedding. I kind of had a feeling this might happen because like I said, his wife hasn't liked me for the past five years. But to not even get a heads up beforehand, we literally were just texting a couple of days before the wedding. It feels super shitty. I've always told him, even when I wasn't in a serious relationship and have reiterated it recently now that I'm with someone who I'm talking about marriage with, that I want him to officiate my wedding. Clearly the feelings aren't reciprocated, but more so that I wasn't even worth enough for him to give me a heads up. I'm just debating whether or not I should say something to him and if so, how to word it. I don't want him to feel bad, but I do want to express how I feel. Just not sure if it's worth it. You guys are friends, um, and friends have the ability of, of talking and sharing and venting problems or frustrations and to get clarity. Um, he may have stress because of his wife, and we're not sure if that is apparent or not or what where the stress is coming from. But I think that in order to find clarity for yourself is to call them out on it in in a nice positive way that you can say, look, we don't have to be 
friends that we have to communicate every day to love one another and, and care for each other as, as friends. Um, I have friends that I've had since I was three years old and I don't talk to them. Sometimes I don't talk to them for five years, but I know at the end of the day, we are tied together as friends because of just the longevity. And sometimes we'll, we'll talk for a year straight or three year, you know, three months straight or whatever's going on in our lives. And then we will not talk because they got their life and they've got their functions and what they do. It, we just don't have to blend that way. So it just depends on the expectation that is important to you uh, to have this friendship. But in reality, I don't, I, I think that you friends are people that are always there for each other and doesn't mean that you have to talk consistently with one another. It's different kind of friendships. So how would you start this conversation? Oh, I would call them up and say, you know, can we have lunch? You know, what are you up to? We have, we have, Hey, we haven't talked to each other and God, we haven't been together in two years or a year or a month. Let's do lunch. What if they live too far to meet up in person? No one lives too far to meet up in person. I might be an expensive plane ticket these days. Well, then have a then, then then just say you know I'm going to FaceTime. Let's have a FaceTime call. That doesn't cost anything. Yeah. Go on your phone if he's got Apple. FaceTime if he's got a Google. Google Duo. I mean, there there are ways you can tie in to 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 see each other and have a conversation. But you definitely have to have the conversation. Well, if, what would you say? I'm 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 curious. I'm baffled. You know, is there something going on that we should? you know, talk about, because obviously, you know, there, there is, I'm feeling a lack of something and I want to get myself. So I, I just understand where you are because we are friends and long as we're on the same track and we understand each other, we're okay. But if we don't understand and if there's an issue that I may have said something, or I may have done something to make someone feel uncomfortable, I, I, I want to make sure that I, I don't make anyone feel uncomfortable. And if, you know, for lack of a better word, you know, your wife or Betty or whatever her name is, is having an issue with me, I would certainly like to be aware of what it is so I don't make her feel uncomfortable. So something to consider here, too, is the fact that our writer hasn't interacted with the wife, the wife at all. I think it says, you know, exactly just we met five years ago during that deployment party our writer was crying, upset, which, yeah, you're going to be. Like, that's a scary thing to think your friend is, like, getting deployed and may not come back. Your, like, friend, might, your friend might die. Yeah, it's a it's a risk. And so our writer is crying and basically says, like, the wife hasn't liked me for the past five years. She hasn't liked me since. And I haven't seen her since. So I think when you're inviting people to your wedding, it's typically people that, like, have really been a part of your relationship mm-hmm or know both people of the couple, or if, if they don't know both, it's like mm-hmm. family. But you have been friends with for 14 years, so you might even fall into that family category. So it is weird. Like, I do think it's weird that you didn't get invited if it was like an actual wedding. But if it was just a town hall moment and they still dressed up and there's pictures, like, it's definitely worth having a conversation Absolutely. to clear it up. But I think there needs to be an effort on your part to get to know the wife. Like 
This a- is after, after she talks after the after the writer talks to the to the to the friend. Yeah. This person, the writer, you know, you, we've all seen American Pie, and Stifler was kind of you know was a little hard to handle. <laughs> he was tough. <laughs> And Stifler wasn't invited to the wedding because they were worried that he was going to be out of control. Yeah. So we something has to be discussed with your buddy and let the friends first figure out what's going on. And he'll come clean with, with, with the writer. And we hope that that would happen. I think so. After then, 14 years of friendship, you and would then, And then you so. guys can figure out what is the way to handle to get on the, on the right path with the wife, so you guys can have a friendship because obviously it's clear. You could say to you, you could start the conversation. Our friendship is important to me, and it's it's got it's got a problem, and I want to fix that problem. Yeah, and that's a great mature way of addressing it. And I would start with that, and you'll see where it is. And it doesn't matter if you guys are of the same sex, different sex. Wherever it might be, whatever her concern is, uh, and I'm speaking of the wife, let's find out what the concern is and see if we can and see if we can open up these doors and and without having any frustration or uncomfort for anybody. Yeah. And early on it very well could have been jealousy. Like I imagine myself in a situation where I'm at, you know, a deployment party for my boyfriend and there's someone else losing their mind over him leaving. Like I would be like my my spidey senses might be tingling. Like, yeah. is there more here that he hasn't told me? Right. Uh, but you've proven now that you're a non-issue. Like, you aren't going to come in and steal her guy. And mm-hmm. I know if you trust your partner, like, that shouldn't be a concern. But some people are just more insecure than others and have these, these you know, tendencies to be a little ah, standoffish. So the fact that it's been so long, they're now married— you want to stay in his life. She's clearly in his life. You got to find some middle ground. So maybe a couple's weekend where you take your partner, he takes her, and you guys go to a wine wine vineyard, whatever, or you go to a petting zoo, whatever the fun time in your head looks like, go do. And like spend some time getting to know each other. And I always think it's easier to do it as like a double date type thing. Start with the conversation. Definitely. Okay. That's all I got. We're heading to Patreon. Well, I want to thank you all for turning in this week and watching us and allowing us in your home and your lives. And I look forward to next week. We have Patreon coming up right next. And with that, we'll say goodnight. And, and we have a live show, which you're going to be joining. Oh, share with share with us. Yeah. So we have the Two Hot Takes live show in person in Los Angeles on December 2nd. It's a Friday. It's going to be at the Bourbon Room. So dad will be coming on stage for a story. Oh, I, and I'm allowed one story. Well, we see got a lot the, of guests. See how we, this rolls? Got, I get we, uh, one story. But we got some other guests coming out. So I look for you all to show up. So whoever can, please come. And we have a virtual show on Sunday, December 4th, that you will be joining as well. And when are we doing a Father Knows... Um, what do we call that? Group therapy. Group therapy. Group therapy is going to be the 29th of November. 29th November, group therapy. So guys, get ready. Dad is, I'm here. And I'd love when we uh, we get to talk and really hear 
some of the issues you might be feeling. So some of you that say, gee, I thought about you know writing and I thought about this, do it. Come on. Do they have to join Patreon to do this? They do have to join Patreon for your group therapy. So the Patreon link is in the episode description. Um, it comes with bonus content every month and the group therapy call. And I really, really encourage that more than anything because it's great to have a one-on-one with you where we can really talk openly. And everybody who's on the group therapy, we're all in group. It, they're kind of cool. I, we've done, I think, one group for Father Knows. We've done a couple, but the one that we did most recently was the first one on Discord where you like I actually it. got to see people's cameras if you want to turn them on. So it feels it feels like a FaceTime call. It's it really, really is. It's, it's very cool and I really enjoy it. And I would love for you to, you know, that we can all meet that way. We can really start our relationships and make them deeper. Yeah. Okay, let's go to Patreon. Good night for, um, for this week. And we will see you in about two minutes when you jump on a Patreon. Bye. Bye. Oh, wait a minute. One more thing. Oh. Don't forget to subscribe. How are we doing with our uh, viewers that are subscribed and that are not subscribed? I don't know. Oh. I don't look at the analytics. It's stressful. (laughs) Well, don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already done so. Good night. Bye, guys. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.